to the Boxing Rad Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 254 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What up, brother? You know, I don't have to work at my real job tomorrow, but you're going to drag me out here on a goddamn Monday night to do this fucking podcast. What, do you, what's, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> Sorry to cramp your style, Vin. I, I got shit to do, man. Hey, we're doing shit right now. We're making we're making history. <laughs> that's that's the last fucking thing we're making here. <laughs> oh well, at least we'll be infamous, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, that's right, um, dude. We had a, uh, a very very surprising fight card. We knew that the uh, the grudge match that was Tony Harrison and Jermel Charlo would probably deliver. Uh-huh. But dude, what a fun card though. Yeah, top to bottom, man. That, we haven't had a card like that in a while. I feel like. Yeah, it was good shit. So we'll get to the post fight of Tony Harrison. Versus Jermel Charlo. Um, well, Julio Cesar Chavez being Chavez Jr. Um, Daniel Dubois in action. We've got a preview. Uh, Tank Davis returns against Yuri Orcas Gamboa. Um, and uh, Adrian Broder back in the news. Oh, shit. Yeah. Brana making an appearance on the show, <laughs> Oh, don't say it ain't so, Ken. <laughs> Brana? <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, a lot to get to. And uh, then we'll be back in, uh, I don't know, less than a week. And we'll give out our, uh, our uh, you know, our famous uh, awards. Well, you know, I put in for my vacation after that fucking award show. So don't bother me for two weeks, all right? Hey, man, there's no paid vacation. You're on call. Yeah, sure. I'll be here. Call me. <laughs> Dude, I've already mailed out all the, all the awards to the winners. Call me collect, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we're going to need you to fly out to present the Fighter of the Year, their award. It's a big floppy dildo <laughs> with the boxing rant logo on it. Was that that one that kid was dodging in his, in his bathroom this week from that video? What the fuck was that? <laughs> why, why did, how did both of us see that? Why did we watch that? I think everybody saw that. <laughs> great merry christmas oh <laughs> uh, it's episode 254 of the boxing rant podcast be sure to subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts, spreaker spotify uh, podcast addict anywhere you can get an audio podcast just fucking google the boxing rant and you'll find out where to listen to it you are watching us on the boxing rant youtube channel thanks for taking the time to check it out follow us on twitter at vince cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Ben, let's get right to it. Ontario, California, this past Saturday night on Fox. Tony Harrison versus Jermel Charlo, part two for the WBC Junior Middleweight Championship. Um, ben, I'm just going to let you take it. What would you think about the fight? You're going to throw it in my lap just like that? I, I just had a fucking brain fart. <laughs> a, bra- I, a brain shart. Yeah. You, know, you can go wipe it off. I'll take a few minutes here. <laughs> um, dude, it was a great fight. A fucking great fight. And, and I know... Like you say, great fight, and people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? That was fun. It was a great fight because when you get the the buildup that they had, you know, the, the the shit talking and everything that went into this promotion and just the bad blood, and then the fight delivers, to me, that's like extra credit, man. And uh, I, I, there was, you know, was there some slow spots in the fight? Sure. There were some slow spots, but for the most part, you got sustained action. Um, you got a, an even better version. I think Tony Harrison was a better version of himself for a little while in that fight. Yeah. And you got Jermel Charlo kind of, like I said in the preview, 
maybe trying a little too hard, maybe, you know, loading up to me early on in the fight. I'm watching that. I'm going, damn, Charlo is missing a lot of punches, and they are big shots. He's not, he's not playing games in there. He's he looking, was being emotional. Oh, he was. He was, <laughs> and he was looking to fucking hurt Harrison bad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, if Tony can, can stick to this game plan and keep him missing those shots, Charlo's going to gas down the stretch of this fight because you can't, you can't wing, wing big shots like that and miss all night long. He got closer. He got closer. He touched him up once and dropped him. Uh, you see him getting closer later on in the fight. Tony Harrison getting more complacent, more confident and complacent at the same time, thinking, I got control of this bitch. I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk to a victory here. And as soon as he, in that 11th round, has that moment where he's like, I'm feeling myself. Mm-hmm. I got this fight in the fucking bag. Yep. Boom. <laughs> there, there comes the fucking hook right on the chin, sits him down. I, it was just a... The, it was perfect the way everything played out in this fight, the action, the sustained action with Harrison dominating, but Charlo, you know, right there on the verge of dropping him at any point in time. Uh, I, you know, I was thoroughly entertained from from the opening bell to the eleventh round, and I'll be goddamn. The only bet I made on the fight was uh, over ten and a half, and I got it barely. Yeah, <laughs> barely by the skin of your teeth, and. Where's my Venmo ten bucks, asshole? Because remember, I I believe I picked uh, Charlo. You're gonna have to earn more than ten. There's a twenty dollar minimum on Venmo. <laughs> All right, let's double down this coming week. <laughs> you got your Yorkus Gamboa. I do not have <laughs> Gamboa. Give me Gamboa eight years ago. ESPN Friday Night Fights Gamboa. Yeah, we- uh, yeah. I wouldn't let you have him. <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, I, I totally agree with your take. I mean, look, Tony Harrison did. He looked really good, man. Um, I, I thought at the beginning of that fight when, when, when Charlo was winging those shots, I was like, dude, I think that uh, uh, Tony Harrison extended his lease in Jermel Charlo's head. Yeah. You know, and I was like, man, saying he's living there rent-free, oh, my gosh, man. I was like, Charlo, calm down, man. He, I mean, he, look, a lot of fighters who wear their emotions on their sleeve, uh, sleeves like that end up getting caught, you yeah. know what I mean? And I think that it hurt Charlo, and it, it, it gave him a deficit, not on the judges' scorecards apparently. Um, but I thought it was pretty clear, man. I mean, Harrison had a pretty wide lead. I know that there, you know there was that knockdown early in the fight, but I had him up at the time of the stoppage seven rounds to three. Yeah. Okay. And I thought Harrison was boxing beautifully. I thought he had control. I thought he did the smart thing and fought at a at a mid range that allowed him to deploy his offense effectively. And he was accurate. The uppercut was there all night for him, man. Mm-hmm. All night. Um. And 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 that's just it. The the mystifying thing about a, a boxer, like, you know, I touched on it in the preview about how he's just naturally gifted, right? He's got natural ability. What he's doing in there is reflexive. It almost looks like it wasn't taught to him, you know right, what I mean? Right. Very much in the same way that Riddick Bowe was in the ring, you know? If you've ever watched me shadow box, exactly. you'd, you'd be thinking the same thing. That's where I was going next. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he has this nonchalance to his attitude where it's like, dude, you got to take it seriously yeah. the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he, pulled, he pulled a what Ugas did against Porter late in that fight where Ugas is like, I'm outboxing this dude. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking schooling him. Yeah. And that cost him the fight in a different way, but it's the same shit. He was winning, in my eyes, Harrison was winning this fight decisively. He was not dominating. This wasn't a, a no, a, no. This wasn't a moment where you saw when, like, you know, Floyd got past the sixth round against 
all of his opponents pretty much. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got this motherfucker figured out. He ain't going to touch me for the rest of the fight. That was not this. No. This was what you were doing and you were sustaining and you were doing round by round by round. That tactic right there, that was enough to win you the fight. Now, in this case, it would not have been enough to win him the fight. <laughs> this is the thing that just completely, it doesn't blow my mind anymore. I mean, I want to sit here and be outraged about it. And I want to, look, the bottom line is, is this. Tony Harrison took a nap and fucking Jer- Jermel Charlo slept his ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Ca- caught him with his pants down, doing the old Victor Ortiz against <laughs> against Floyd, right? Right. And, and look, so he got, he look, he, he reaped what he sowed. But, dude, come on. You're trying to tell me that this fight was a foregone conclusion before the fucking opening bell? Jermel Charlo at the time of the stoppage, 96 to 93 on two of the cards? Uh, yeah. That is outrageous. Tony Harrison had no chance coming into this fight. You know why? Because Tony Harrison ain't as good for business as two twins on top of the game. Oh, uh, he may be. That's the thing, though. Like, to me... You're taking a fighter like Tony Harrison and, and dismissing him as if he's not good. Like not you, but it would appear to be the scorecards and the PBC kind of had. Yeah, this is this is set up for Jermel. But why wouldn't you push a guy like Tony? Because he don't have as many loyalty miles with Al Heyman yet. <laughs> Fuck them loyalty miles. Oh, they the dude mean can, everything. The dude can sell a fight. And, and I agree. I love him, man. And, and the fact that he gets knocked out every once in a while. <laughs> Who cares? More than every once in a while now. I mean, he's been knocked down and out numerous times. He, he totally fit his mo that I talked about in the preview. Yeah, but the, but it's what makes <laughs> this fucking guy entertaining. It's like. You know, I, I don't care if he's if he gets knocked out. He's in entertaining fights until he gets fucking knocked out. Yeah. And not only that, is he sells the fight leading up to it. And I'm not the type of boxing fan anymore that really fucking needs that. I've been watching boxing for so long. But every once in a while, there's a guy like Tony Harrison that talks that shit. And I'm like, man, this fucking guy. I'm I'm all in now. Yeah, this, he, this guy has sold me on this fight just off basic shit talking. George Groves. Yes, exactly. Shit like that. Like guys in boxing, like the like those two, have way more value than a guy like Jermel Charlo, in my opinion. Because look, I get it. Jermel Charlo's a a dynamic fighter to a certain extent, but has he? You know, we've seen Tony Harrison get knocked out before. Jermel Charlo knocking him out does not really prove any kind of grand, you know, like Jermel Charlo has has taken this next step in the sport or, or whatever the case may be, whatever you want to call it. It's just, you got, look, why in God's name you would, you would, and I, I, it gets to a point now, I'm, I'm a boxing fan now where I used to fucking hate, like those scorecards would drive me nuts. Hearing that after the fight, I'd be like, Oh my god! I fucking hate boxing. I'm done with this fucking sport. It was a knockout, so it was all a moot point in the end. But if you think about it, honestly, there would have been this fight would have had it would have been talked about more after the fact had it gone to the scorecards and there been that controversy. Oh yeah, the knockout is not going to sell as much as that controversy was at the end. Like it's gotten to a point in boxing where I almost feel like. They're now using the scorecard controversy as a way to sell either a rematch or just keep people talking about it after the fact because that has people debating for weeks. A knockout is is more definitive. You see what happens. You move on from it. This guy's better than this guy. He knocked him out. It's over. Moving on. Yeah. But that controversy sticks around and lingers. 
and keeps people talking for weeks about it. And, you know, you get to a fight like Triple G and Canelo, that fucking conversation a year later was still going on. It still is to this day amongst a group of fans. Yeah. So it's just, to me, I'm starting to get to this point where I'm like, as a fan, where I'm like, hold on a second. <laughs> this is not, like, they're going beyond being fishy about it. Like, this is kind of blatant at this point. It's like, there's no fucking way you could have scored that fight at that point for Jermel Charlo. I'm just, I'm sorry. It's, I, there was a, Viegas' scorecard I had a problem with, and he had it one point for Harrison at the time of the stoppage. I'm like, what do you, what the fuck are these people watching? Some people, actually, I take it back. Some people see it differently. I don't know what they're seeing or what they're watching or how they're doing it, but take the pen out of their hand and take the piece of paper away from them. Please, because these fucking scorecards are just uh, they're fucking horrible. Well, dude, I think a lot of it is is that when people sit down in front of their TV saying, man, I hope Jamal wins this fight, their, their score is going to be different. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, when you start from, from, from that perspective. But this fight was, you, you know, you, you said something that, that resonated with me. You're exactly right. This was Tony Harrison to a T. This was his fight against Willie Nelson. Remember that fight? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. He dominated that fight. And then he gets at just at the end, just right yep. at the end. It's like, oh, did that judge, did he just get knocked out by Willie Nelson? Just a la- that just slight lapse in judgment, man. <laughs> yeah. Stay fucking dialed in, Tony. Stay dialed in, brother. Oh, dude, but flawed fighters, man, are so much fun. I, I'm, I'm here for flawed fighters, honestly. Yeah. I really am. Yeah, I am too. Um, all right, let's get to this uh, heavyweight matchup on the undercard. This just came out of nowhere. You know, people completely wrote off this guy, Kaladze, and th- thought that, Effie Jagba was just this prospect that he, you know, this guy that he's fighting against has been knocked out before. They're just throwing this guy in there, and this is going to be the Jagba sort of coming out party to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as I see him come into the ring, I'm not overly familiar with the guy. I've only seen glimpses of him, right, and highlights and stuff. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm like, wow, this guy is built like a brick shithouse. Like, this is exactly how you want a heavyweight to be built. He's like half Deontay Wilder, half Anthony Joshua. Exactly. But with a fresh ass flat top. Yes, right. That, that fade is serious. I ain't no Joshua fade. No, no, no. That's some kid and play shit, right? <laughs> um, and you know, so I'm like, okay, okay. And, and people are feeling this guy, so I'm like, okay, now I'm really gonna see what this dude's all about. And I'm sitting here watching him. And after the first round of the fight, the only thing I could not, I could not get it out of my head. I was like, dude, this is what Dominic Brazil would look like if he was in shape and had a tan. I mean, he was a, the way he fought, how limited he was and how robotic he was. I'm like, hold on. This dude is, I'm telling you right now, the way that Kaladze pieced him up and dropped him, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, after the first round, I was like, there's a 0% chance that he survives three or four rounds with Deontay Wilder. This dude would get knocked the fuck out. He, out of all of the prospects that I've seen over the last year in in boxing, let's say the top four young heavyweight prospects, he is by far at the bottom. Yeah, clearly. And it's nothing to take away from him. I think that he will be a recognizable name. He's got the he's got the he's got the package to sell, but he's going to be an opponent. I, I I saw a lot of people this week talking about how uh, Ajagba is the number one young heavyweight no. prospect in no. boxing. No, Dubois is right now, in my opinion. If if you are saying that you are letting biased f- bias for whatever reason it may be, whether it's the organization that he fights in that you support or whatever, but I'm sorry, it takes like you said one round of watching the guy, and I've watched three or four of his fights now. 
He's electric. He's got electric power. His, his right hand is... But he telegraphs his yeah. right hand, dude. He's like, here it comes. I, yeah. I put him in the same category as I put Philip Hergovic, um, as I would put Joe Joyce. I think these guys... And Joe Joyce is 38 years old in a prospect, <laughs> but that's beside the point. They're just... They're fucking robotic, man. They're stiff. They're rigid. There's no fluidity. There's there's no athleticism. This is not... These aren't like... I cannot imagine these like if, if these are the guys that are set to knock off the Furies, Wilders, Joshuas of the world, you know, three, two, three years down the road, they got a lot of fucking improving to do, dude. Because I'm I'm not seeing it. I I, I think Joshua's a stiff fighter. A, a Jagba is way stiffer. Oh yeah. It's it, it's just I, look. I'm excited about the kid because he possesses that power and he can knock somebody out with one shot. But beyond that. I, I I just don't. I'm not seeing it, man. I'm not fucking seeing it. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I, I'm I'm usually one when when I don't like when referees fucking meddle or they fuck something up or they 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 cause a fight to uh, go off its natural course, right? Where it's like they insert themselves, whether it's by mistake, whether it's by uh, overexcitement, whatever it may be. You know what I mean? Right. But Ray Corona, I love this guy for this fight. Right? Was it Corona for this fight? Or I, believe, he... I, I believe it was, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I, th- I think you're right. Whatever. Um, I'm telling you right now, the lapse of judgment by the refereeing in this fight, the fact that Ajagba had no idea that you were when you saw a guy on Queer Street that you were supposed to like pounce on him and finish him, he just like stood there and watched him, like know. you know, like he was doing a dance for him or something, you know. I mean, just the, how how fucked up this the the whole ebbs and flows of this fight was was what made this so much fun. It could have been stopped at any point. Oh, yeah. It should have yeah. been stopped. Yeah. You know what I mean? How the round where they both got? I mean, where uh, Kaladze comes back and drops a Ajagba. It's like how do you? How do you go from that guy on Queer Street to you getting dropped? How does that happen? I, that's like, you talk about Harrison having a lapse in judgment. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so it, it was a wild night, um, but I enjoyed the entire card. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I'm I, I'm not one of these people that I, I was never on the Balderas uh, bandwagon to begin with. No. So I can't say that I've jumped off of it, but um, that guy is, uh, you know. He's I, tough. As as Steve Kim says, what does he say? He says he's more uh, he's more sizzled than steak. Yeah, well, he's a he's a tough two dollar steak from the Ponderosa Steakhouse on the fucking grill that gets you know stacked up five high, and when you get it, you get it. That's Golden Corral, buddy. <laughs> That's Golden Corral. Let me get the let me get the medium one. They got to move like eight steaks to get to the medium <laughs> one because it's in the middle. Um, no, but uh, honestly, man, I mean, Jerome, I love fighters like that. He, he just reminded me, yeah, he's like a David Lemieux type fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just goes goes balls to the wall. I just try to knock people out. There's no skill involved. I'm just going to knock you out. But Balderas, man, talk about a guy that, like, he looked the part and was like, wow, this guy's got some skills when Jerome wasn't doing anything. Right. But then as soon as, and I'm like, dude, when are these fighters going to learn that the shoulder roll does not work for anybody. You got to be one slick motherfucker for that to work. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Broner tried it. <laughs> yeah, he tried it against the against the um, the entry level fighters that he fought on his rise. Yeah, you know what I mean. God, tried that shoulder roll against Pacquiao and got pieced up to uh, death. Maidana took that shoulder roll and shit all over it <laughs> and bent it over. Yeah. Um, all right, so that'll do it from Ontario, California. Um, Jermel Charlo says we're going to see the trilogy on pay-per-view. 
Yeah. <laughs> Moretti said Loma fucking uh, Lopez is going to be pay-per-view, too. Yeah. Keep throwing out them pay-per-views, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, you want to see the death of boxing. Keep digging into our pockets. We've got our fucking subscriptions. Yeah. And where's my Loma gear? God damn it. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, oh, one thing from the card that, that uh, we got to talk about uh-huh. before we move on to Danny Jacobs. The interview with Errol Spence. Now, you and I have not even commented on the Errol Spence thing other than we had no idea, based off of the information we were hearing, right. whether he would even fight in 2020. Right. But have kind of reserved reservations outside of, like, that fucking car crash was insane. How did he live? So he got a, he got a Dewey, mm-hmm. right? Um, there aren't many of us in the world that have not acquired a Dewey or Tui in, uh, in our experience. Um, we could raise our hands, could we? Yeah, one of mine got thrown out, though, um, <laughs> because the police officer was inept, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Couldn't throw mine out. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. So we are not ones to uh, pontificate on the righteousness of drinking and driving. No, no, so no we're we, not. We're not going to talk about that part. No. Let's talk about this interview with Brian Kenny, though, okay? And some of the um, observations from the interview, uh-huh. okay? First and foremost, I'd like to say this. I don't think Brian Kenny was out of line with any of his questioning. What, no. what I thought Brian Kenny was out of line with was asking the same fucking question ten times. That's what I thought was egregious. I was yeah. like, dude. Will you not get the answer you wanted? <laughs> fucking move on, dude. <laughs> um, what is your take on Errol? Okay, first off, I want to say this before, before you answer. What is your take on Errol Spence and what he said? I, I will say this. I have always thought that Errol Spence is not very strong on the mic. Okay, whether it's been interviews, lead-ups to fights. Get him uh, some drinks, boy. He real good. He'll talk. You won't be able to understand what he says. But no, Regis Pagrarius? <laughs> his math is pretty good, too. Um, no, no, but seriously, like, like I've never thought he was a good interview. Right. Like, he's just not one of those guys where it just, like, flows off the tongue. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Um, so I, at, first, at first, I'm like, oh, he just not, he's not a good interview. What? But I think there's more to it. I mean, what were your thoughts on the interview? You know, I think he goes into the interview and he doesn't want to give much away. He's very guarded on what he wants to say, obviously. And what he can say. Right. And and Kenny tried to push it. Uh, I mean, the people that thought he, like, took it too far or the, the questioning was out of line, like, give, give me a fucking break, man. All all's everybody else does is complain about softball questions thrown to people. So when a tough question is asked one time, you get bent out of shape. Fuck off. Go fuck yourself. That's retarded. But I, as far as Spence goes, I, I'm i still going to reserve. Like, I'm not ready to say he's going to come back and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. I saw some things that were kind of concerning to me. That eye did not seem right. Uh, it was, if you look at, you know, I'm not going to say I can look at both eyes at the same time because you can't fucking do that. But something looked off. Uh the speech seemed a little off. I don't know if his jaw wired shut off or broken jaw, fractured jaw. Uh, you know, still get I, something wasn't something was off, man. Getting used to like teeth implants because he did have some dental work done. Yeah, I, something. Yeah, just I, 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 it's hard for me to put my finger on exactly what it was besides the eye looking fucked up. But he would. But but you will agree because I observe this. He was slurring his speech. Yes, one hundred percent was slurring his speech. So that is either from I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there. I'm not, I'm not saying it's one of these things or the other. So either he was drunk. No. 
impaired because that'll cause you to slur your speech. And we've seen him drunk in interviews before, right? Yeah. And apparently there may or may not be a drinking issue. Um, he had a head injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he had a bunch of dental work done. You know, something's wrong with his mouth. There's no way he came out of that wreck without some type of serious trauma to the head. Some uh, some kind of trauma? Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just a concussion from a knockout on the chin. Like, it was more than that. There was something off. And, and I was, the, the, the thing I, that, that people kept talking about that I was least concerned about was that he was a little chubby. He's fucking been out of the ring. He's been in a hospital bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? The St. Adrian Broner. There has never been an issue with Errol Spence coming into the ring uh, all about business. But what was really fucking concerning with me was a guy standing there just two months after that horrific wreck, slurring his speech, talking about how he doesn't need tune-up fights and that he wants to go right into Manny Pacquiao. And, And look... And, and and something that may even be a bigger indicator that something's off, he mentioned Terrence Crawford's name. <laughs> well, to me, the first thing I thought was, that's great. I, I'd love to hear a fighter say that. And then immediately my head went to, is this guy trying to cash out? Uh, is that, this guy looking for a big payday? Cause, that crossed my mind. You know, If you're Pacquiao, what are you thinking after, after seeing that? Uh, I'm certainly well, a lot more interested than I was uh, six months ago. That's for damn sure. And, I, you know, I think all I think all fighters are going to look at it like that. I hope it's not the case. You know, I'm not going to sit here. I like, all this stuff we're saying, this is all just conjecture, possibility. Like, we're just not, observations. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not, we're not, you know, I, there's no, I, I have no there's way. There's too to many t- unanswered questions. Yeah, there's no way to tell exactly what the fuck is going on here. But there is a way to say that. Something ain't right. No, something's a little something, off. Something's askew. Yeah, like when you watch this show, like you're sitting there and you're watching it, you're like, you know, this show's kind of funny. There's something fucking wrong with these two. I can't really put my finger on it, right? It's serious trauma. <laughs> it is. It is. In more ways than one. But that's a different podcast, though. <laughs> <laughs> that one's still in development. Um, yeah, man, so it's to be continued on on Errol Spence. If he thinks he can be back by June and and fighting top top competition, well, dude. And, and I he, hope he is. I really do. I, I just don't I don't believe I'll believe it when I see it. Well, good luck to him. Yeah. All right. Let's get to uh Danny Jacobs versus Chavez Jr. I mean, what else is there to say about this, man? I think the funniest part to me was is that Chavez looked like he was in like gonna be competitive in this fight for the first round or two. Yeah, he Jacobs did. loves to fight like right at the level of his opponent. I, yeah, he? he's he's a, he's just a, one of them guys where I just I don't I don't get it with his performances. Sometimes I really I really don't. It's just like, go out there and get it, dude. Yeah, what 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 are you waiting for? It's like, fucking Chavez. And Chavez, uh, right when I saw that dyed hair, I was like, oh Jesus Christ, this <laughs> fucking this guy needs to be in a goddamn clinic, not in a fucking boxing ring. What what is the the, the guy is yeah. And some of the the shit that he's posted after the fight. Oh yeah, he's a fucking lunatic, dude. Something's wrong with him. Like he needs I don't know CTE or whatever, or if it's just plain flat out just a spoiled rich kid that's a bit of a retard. Did you see the nasal strip that he had on in the car? Yeah. Yes, I watched that video today. <laughs> what? The? I'm not gonna pretend I can speak Spanish, but I can kind of. <laughs> dude, and did you like? It's like Mauricio Solomon's like defending him. Saying that, that that his camp or he made the right decision. Like when you're injured like that, you can't come out in the ring and continue the fight. He did the noble thing. Well, guess what, fucking Mauricio? Then give him the Kellogg's fucking Fruit Loops bowl. <laughs> I just, I mean, this 
Well, I, there's no more excuses you can make for the kid. Make a WBC belt with toucan Sam on it. <laughs> you just you can't or a pot leaf. <laughs> the guy's just he's fucking done. Like he, if he's not done in the business, and then I heard uh, Eddie Hearn uh, talking in an interview after the fight, saying, "Well, I mean, you see why he gets chances. You know, the the crowd was here. They were they were ready to go. Like this, he's the he's the one who." Like Jesus Christ, man! You know, I, I I get it. I guess he can sell a few tickets, but maybe at, maybe at, he realizes that Danny Jacobs can't. Well, he, I don't. I don't. Danny Jacobs has never been a ticket seller, not even in his hometown. You know, so he needs he needs him. The fact that this fight was going to be in Vegas, I mean, Jesus Christ! I, you know, I, I, look, man. Just Julio Cesar Chavez is a disgrace. So if you want to go ahead and put him on your cards, just realize that he may take a big dump all over everything with what. He decides to do on that particular night. Yeah, yeah, and and I, you know, <laughs> if you own an arena, just be prepared to have some extra staff to clean it up afterwards. Jeez. You know what I mean? I don't blame them. I really don't blame people. You're gonna serve me beer and get me drunk, and then have some dickhead come in in the main event and act like that. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I spent money. I'll chuck a beer. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, I'm not like I'm not gonna sit here and get all righteous. I don't care what you fucking throw. It wasn't me, and that's on you, right? But it shouldn't be beer bottles and stuff. That's fucked up, right? What they should do if they're honestly gonna put him on a card. If you really want to turn this thing into a spectacle, here, Eddie, here's some fucking snake oil for you to sell. <laughs> you should have at the at the entry to people's seats, right? You should have vendors handing out fucking crates of vegetables like lettuce and tomatoes and like all kinds of good shit so when it does go wrong on cue everybody can just light the place up yeah everybody gets one egg in a glass case when they walk through the door right <laughs> yes <laughs> or not glass plastic we don't fucking but you, you know what i'm saying yeah i know what you're saying but let's fucking jazz this thing up a little bit if yeah, you're gonna keep yeah, it up you yeah. know um. All right. Anyways, yeah. I, I don't have a. I don't have a pulpit to stand on with Chavez. If if he wants to keep putting, I didn't even watch the fucking fight. Did you? No, not live. <laughs> <laughs> Once I heard the fucking debacle, yeah, I checked it out. All right. Um. Daniel Dubois versus Kayataro Fujimoto from. Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh -huh. Before we move on, because I did watch that before that fight started. Uh -huh. I was watching that card and. The fucking Julio uh, Cesar Martinez, huh? the uh, was a hundred and twelve pounder, hundred and eight pounder, hundred and twelve, I think. I can't fucking remember. He was very small, dude. What a fuck! I mean, I'm tuned in for that dude's next fight. What a fuck! I mean, the most awkward, offbeat kind of style, and and continually on the attack. Uh, I, I am all in on my man for next fight. Is he is he like a um like a like a young version like a like the youth version of Hecky Butler? Uh, uh, with a that can hit harder. Okay. Yes, Hecky couldn't fucking punch his way out of a paper bag. No, but when he but when he was young, he was pretty exciting. Oh, he was dynamic, and he was fucking awkward. Yeah. Um. All right, Daniel Dubois versus Kayataro Fujimoto. So I got my wish. I got to see what a Japanese he <laughs> uh, heavyweight looked like. He got purple hair, pink hair, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Yeah, that was something. Um. Look, man, I do think that Dubois is the best heavyweight prospect out there. The problem is, is like you're not doing anything other than building his brand and his fan base in um, the domestic fight scene over in the UK by putting him in the ring with Fujimoto. I mean, if if this is who he's going to fight, then just call me when he's going to have a step up fight. When you're going to put him in the ring with a Chisora or a David Allen or like somebody. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, the only thing I would say w uh, about the matchup, and it's a fucking horrible matchup, no doubt about it. He doesn't belong in the same ring with Fujimoto. 
but it was his fifth fight of the year, which is a good thing. For that a, is a good thing. For a, a good thing for a prospect coming up. He's, he's just staying sharp. Uh, Frank Warren, enough of the talk, enough of, you know, uh, eventually Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce are going to fight. Let's do it. Fucking do it, dude. What yeah. are you waiting for? Like, it's one or the other. Both of the... <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're going to have to cash that Joe Joyce ticket out here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. And that's the first cash out right there. So make the goddamn fight. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely need to uh, – somebody needs to leapfrog. Yeah, you want to build somebody's brand that's going to take one of them beating the other, and it's going to be Dubois probably uh, – probably knock out Joyce. I, I just, Joyce is just so he's, – he's, he's the worst out of all the prospects if you consider him a prospect. <laughs> he's 38. Oh, uh, yeah, but – I mean, I'm I'm 39. I like to consider myself a prospect. Prospect for what? <laughs> Fat women. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's about it, yeah. That's what I told my wife. I said, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm fat these days. You know what I mean? There's some, some women out there that dig fat guys, though. My wife does. Oh, dad bods. Yeah, I got, you got it. You got more than a dad bod? I think so. Can't see it under this triple like, X fucking hoodie that I'm wearing. Svelte. I, I can tell you people, svelte. Yeah. Yeah, Vince seen me with my shirt off <laughs> a few times. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, the fight preview, then, this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia on Showtime. Gervonta uh, Davis squares off against Yuri Orcus Gamboa for a fight that they are promoting for the W as the WBA lightweight championship although there is already a WBA lightweight <laughs> champion. But we live in alternate universes, Vin. Doesn't uh, matter. And it doesn't matter. They're going to call him the WBA champion, and then they'll say Loma Duckin. <laughs> um, Gervonta Davis is taking on, let's be honest, let's call this what it is, Yuriorkis Gamboa is about five years past his prime. Yeah. I, I mean, this, this is like calling this a step-up fight and having your fighter believe it's a step-up fight. I mean, you're going from step up fights to they're saying he's going to be pay per view headlining next. So that's how we're doing this. Wow, really? Step up. So your first step up fight to pay per view. Look, I don't, you can't preview this fight. Yuri Yorkis Gamboa is going to be handsomely rewarded to be a sacrificial lamb in this yeah. fight. Period. He's going to get knocked out, and it's a name that anybody can recognize because of the electric talent he was as a youngster coming up in the sport that's fucking but that was 10 years ago yeah that's when i was like barely paying attention to the sport of boxing like i watched the sport of boxing and i knew about guys like yuri orcus gamboa but beyond like people who fought on hbo and were on main cards i I, yuri orcus gamboa is nobody in the sport right now nobody once revered as mini mike tyson (laughs) (laughs) that shit fucking died three five six years ago yeah um, that's what this is. I wish I could sit here and say that this is going to be the only thing that this is going to be good for Tank is that people are going to con- are going to hype the legend even further. Oh, he's going to get a fucking huge. You know what? Probably shouldn't vote on knockout of the year yet because this probably will end up being in the conversation. And and you know what? Your Yorkus Gamboa typically doesn't get knocked out flatlined, so it could be multiple knockouts of the year in the same fight. Oh, I think he's getting flatlined. You this think time. he's getting yeah, flatlined? I think he's to that point. I think Davis hits hard enough. He's accurate enough. Here's the thing, and Davis is one of them fighters like, okay, I will sit here and tell every single one of you that this fight is fucking bullshit, and this matchup is, is, is shit across the board. That doesn't mean I'm not tuning in live when the fight starts. Yeah, because, you love watching Tank. Because, first of all, he's from this area. He's from Baltimore, so I'm all for a guy. I, I watched him fight as an amateur. 
I, he's just one of them fighters that uh, he's electric. He brings that electricity into the ring. Uh, it, it comes across on the screen, not when he's outside of the ring, not at all, but when he's in the ring, there's not too many. I mean, he's within a handful of guys that are like they're they're must see no matter what. Uh, you know, just like we talked about last week with Triple G coming up fighting shitty fighters. It didn't matter. He was must see. You he, you knew something fucking electric was going to happen in the ring while he was in it. So yeah, I, I look. Eventually, like the charade has to come to an end. Yeah, he's got to fight. He's got to fight somebody legit. Yeah, like this. You're you're claiming your second WBA regular belt. Like you had one of those in the weight class before. Do we need the other one too? Like, is this guy going to be the first multi division regular champion? No, Leo Santa Cruz. Ah, fuck. Well, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame, (laughs) (laughs) right? He's got. I mean, look. You can't hide them anymore after this fight. Go find somebody with a legitimate name inside the top five. Well, tell me, already fucking fought Jose Pedraza, and and, uh, and, he, and he beat him quicker than Loma beat him. It's like, all right, that's the stupidest fucking argument ever. That's, if that's your what litmus you're, test? Yeah, if, that, if that's what you're going to go home and wank about when it comes to Tank Davis, be my guest. But, I mean, we have got to, got to see this kid face some fucking adversity in the ring it it hasn't happened yet man well here's my question okay when he does let's say at 135 pounds get in the ring with one of the top fighters not your yorkus gamboa who it would be if he was not a big name people would be questioning whether this fight should even be sanctioned to be completely honest with you but, um, okay, so he's going to knock him out, and it's going to look like his power is electric at 135 pounds. What happens when he gets in the ring with one of the top guys on 135 pounds? Well, his power at five foot five. Oh, he's t- I think he's topped out for a little while. But I'm, I'm saying, w- what's his power going to do against the guy? I'm not saying he's ever going to get in the ring with these guys, but w- what is his, uh, the five foot five Tank Davis at lightweight, his power look like against a five foot nine and a half, five foot ten Luke Campbell? That weighs 150 pounds. In the ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's you know, I think the older chinny fighters like Gamboa and Linares, I think his power looks just fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, look, man, it's you hate to see a fight because, look, people like people like to act like they kind of try to lump him in with, like, the, the, the young group of, of up-and-comers. You just said he's 25 years old. Huh? Like, for, for 22 fights at 25 years old, He's ahead of this young crop, the Shakur Stevensons, the Tiafimo Lopez's, the uh, Devin Haney's of the world. He's ahead of that group. Like, don't lump him in there with those guys. He's far advanced. He's far more advanced as a professional fighter, but yet seems to be being babied more than those guys are. I, it makes no sense to me. I, you know, well, actually, it does make sense, Ken. He's a uh, TMT-controlled fighter, and we know how that goes. We don't want to bring up, you know, sorry, Floyd fans. He, his, his career was calculated. I uh, <laughs> don't want to break any news here to anybody, but it, it seems like that's what they're doing with this kid. And I get why Floyd did it later on in his career, and that was a smart move. But when Floyd was 25 years old, he wasn't fighting, you know, nobodies and calling them somebodies. Floyd was knocking guys out in electric performances, and he was fighting legit talent, building his name, beating Diego Corrales, you know, beating legit fighters. 
we have got to see this with Tank, man. I'm like, I love the kid, but I'm getting tired of it. Yeah. Now, you know, dude, they're just fucking honest questions, man. At some point, you got to see him in there with somebody that's gonna like, like show him. You know, here, here's some adversity. Oh, you're down by two rounds, seven rounds through the fight. What you gonna do? Exactly. Exactly. But in the meantime, like you said, he's must-see TV. Yeah. So everybody's going to tune in to see it. I don't have showtime, so let me know how the fight was. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll find a way to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be watching that one. I'll be watching it on showtime. <laughs> I'm giving my money to Steven Espinosa. I don't mind giving it to Tank. Can I just, like, directly Venmo Tank my money? Yeah, you, you can figure something out. Here, Tank, here's my $15. <laughs> I'm not giving it to Steven Espinosa. I'm not Fuck contributing no. to that fucking clown's salary. Oh, my God. I, I guess that, that uh, clip of McGregor calling him a weasel from the from the Mayweather promotion thing has been rolling around when he walks up to Espinosa. Look at you, you fucking weasel. <laughs> I can tell by looking at your eyes. You're a fucking weasel. It's perfect. Yeah, well, everybody loved that. He's, he's definitely a variety of vermin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh man! Um, all right, I know Badu Jack and 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 Pascal are fighting, but we got to move on. Yeah, we, we got to get out of here. You guys, really want to talk about that? Um, no, I mean I like both guys. Yeah, it'll be a good fight. I mean, if you really want to watch a fucking awesome Pascal fight, go back to two thousand nine and watch Frotch versus Pascal because that's a fucking war, man. Gets his Frotch fucking drop in. Got to, <laughs> <laughs> got to, dude. That's my fucking sad day, my rainy day fight. Like like if, if it's, it's not a bad one, that's if, for sure. If, if there's like a rain cloud that's gloomy hanging over my head, that'll put you in your put you in your happy place. Mm-hmm. That'll give the uh, straight up fucking uh, grade uh, grade eye examined fucking diamond tipped fucking penis. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just carving shit Just up, slicing and dicing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. All right. Let's uh, move on to our good friend Adrian Broner. Oh, not Broner. Broner back, baby. Um. Adrian Broner has been ordered by a court to pay eight hundred and thirty thousand dollars for a sequ- uh, sexual assault case in which Broner forced himself on a girl in a nightclub, pinned her down, and started to kiss her until one of his team members forcibly pulled him off of her. And there's evidence of this. He made a comment to the courts that well, his attorney did that, he, that Broner was going to be representing himself, and he didn't show up. That's good. So when he didn't show up, they were like, does he have any money? And somebody said, well, there's YouTube videos of him flushing money down the toilet, so I'm sure he has plenty. And the uh, with tacked on interest, that is why this is an $830,000 um, uh, price tag that's been put on another – I don't want to denigrate what he did to the girl, but in the world of Adrian Broner, it is another shenanigan. <laughs> this guy, man, I, look, I don't know. It's it's a tick. It's a ticking time bomb. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what the clock was set at and when it was started, mm-hmm. but it's got to be running fucking thin here, man. I mean, how many how many chances is this fucking guy going to get? And at what point, like, this is going to be a this is going to be a sad fucking story. Like when Broner retires from boxing. And you think about the potential that he had at 130 and 135 pounds and the, and the type of damage he was doing and the type of potential to be a really, uh, you know, a special talent in the sport to making more money and getting chances and being the black Julio Cesar Chavez at, at an early age because he's going to continue to get chances because he sells. Yeah. And he sells outside the ring. His fights stink. 
They stink on ice. All of them. His performances are... His last five performances have been fucking... From the first PBC card against John Molina Jr. One of the absolute fucking worst fights I can remember. Yeah. Just terrible. But he'll continue to get these chances. And and as long as he continues to get these chances, he'll continue to conduct himself the way he does outside the ring. I, I I'm, Look, man... Do what you want. Live it up. Have fun. You know, uh, probably not hold women down and kiss them against their will in a club. Um, you know, you got you got away with uh, tapping uh, Madonna in the ring. You should probably like relax outside the ring. You know, with women and shit. Like hmm. you might might find yourself in a little bit of trouble. An eight hundred and thirty k. That's uh, that's a fight purse. Yeah, that is that is a like you're making one point two mil. That's that's what you're bringing home. Uh, less than that, probably. Yeah, I mean, look, the way that Broner's blown up in weight, let's just get it over with, man. Fucking uh, Broner versus Chavez in the cereal bowl. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Chavez don't stand no chance because Broner still got that hand speed. He do, he do got that hand speed though. <laughs> Who gonna win that fight, Vin? <laughs> I got I got five five dollars on Broner. I put I put money on Chavez, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Come in there, whoop that ass, both them motherfuckers. I mean, dude, is Adrian Broner? I mean, they're the same guy, aren't they? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, except Chavez isn't going out there fucking hurting bystanders. Well, not that we know of. Yeah, that that, that is true. <laughs> you can get away with a lot more in Mexico, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Oh man, I mean, look, I, honestly, I really don't, I really don't care. No, I don't. I mean, as far as like, I, I love Broner, I really do. Like, I just want the thirty for thirty to be good. Yeah, well, I like him as a character and his career uh, path. <laughs> to me, is entertaining as fuck. I enjoy watching it. Yeah, Th- this does not change one thing one way or another. It's like, well, I mean, didn't we already know he's probably doing this shit? But haven't we already reached the arc? Like, aren't we descending towards the end? Oh yeah, well, I mean, the, the fucking head-on collision is coming. The fucking the explosion at the bottom of the ravine is going to happen. As long as he remains alive and and out of jail, he will be just like Chavez. He will be there. He will collect a big purse to come out uh, and put somebody over. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna get that. He's gonna get that King Keith work this year, boy. I'm telling you, son. You think so? Yeah. Thurman Broner, yes. You can't wait. I mean, that's the second to Thurman Pacquiao, but yeah. You fly into Barclays private jet for that one? I, look, I'll go wherever I got to go for that one. Are you serious? Yes. No, absolutely. If I didn't go to Thurman Pacquiao <laughs> in Vegas, I'm not going to Thurman Broner. Yeah, you are. you'll be in a disguise. I'm waiting until Thurman fights, fights Crawford for the fully unified welterweight championship of the world. Oh, man. Thurman's past it, man. <laughs> What are you talking about? Pacquiao sucked his life force away from him. His chi. (laughs) All you got to do is go back to Everest, baby. You can get that back real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Just go back to the temple and get recharged, huh? Um, All right, let's move on. So it's official. Uh, Mikey Garcia versus Jesse Vargas. I have one question for you on this. Okay. Oh, shit. Is Mikey Mikey Garcia 100% sure he can beat Jesse Vargas at welterweight? I'm not 100% <laughs> sure he can beat almost anybody at welterweight. I, uh, here's what I'm not sure about with they're, this they're fight. They're acting like Vargas is just a mark in this. Yeah, I, I don't get, understand that at all. Here's something that stinks to me on the surface with this fucking fight being announced right now. Is Jesse Vargas fighting at welterweight? Can Jesse Vargas fight at welterweight anymore? I don't think. He wanted the fight to be at at least 152 pounds. So, so you think they're sucking him down to the point where he just... Well, they're, 
they're sucking them down or they're just putting a name on the marquee for right now, and then sooner or later Vargas is going to pull out and it's going to be Mikey Garcia See, versus... Would've, it would have been so much better if they would have just introduced TBA from the get-go, like just, I said. Just introduce Mikey Garcia as the guy that DeZone has signed. This is our big signing, the guy who got swept by Errol Spence. And, and, and Mikey can sit there and smile and quaff his hair back and go, I'm here for the cash grab. <laughs> Let me know where the money bag is. I, mean, I will back the Brinks truck up to it. I, like I said in the last episode or whatever it was, I give the dude fucking full credit for what he is able to do with his career. Touche. And somehow, some way, people still would like to argue, look, Mikey Garcia is a good fighter, okay? I'm not arguing that. But it's, are we really, like, we're putting him in pound-for-pound conversations and uh, the lost Errol Spence, I mean, you can't can't really hold that against him. He moved up to welterweight. Well, guess what? He's still at welterweight. <laughs> so you can't use that anymore. He's a welterweight now. I, I, the skill set is just... Go back and look at the record. I know he's beat some good fighters, and he beat them handily. Yeah, good I th- used to think higher of Mikey Garcia. I don't anymore. I'm completely off the Garcia train. I, I think his skill set is overstated. Uh, his boxing IQ is overstated. It, it, but it, but it's great in comparison to the good fighters he's fought, like you said. Yes, yes. But he's he, fought good fighters. But he is he is by no means should be in any conversation of to be any part of one of the great fighters of this era. Uh, absolutely not, not. Not in my opinion. He showed his true colors, dude. One of the best fucking, like, actually probably the best businessman in, in the sport since Floyd. Yeah. But what he's been able to get out of it, seven fucking million dollars for one fight, I did Go ahead and waste your money thinking that uh, you know a large contingent of Mexicans are now going to uh, subscribe to the zone because you have the two biggest Mexican fighters. I don't think they care that much about Mikey Garcia. <laughs> you don't? No, I don't think so, Ken. No, I mean, look at the, the didn't the pay per view numbers for for Spence Porter weren't they pretty much the same as the ones for the Garcia fight? They were slightly less, but yeah, okay. So you got a little bit of an uptick. Yeah, what, like 20,000? Yeah, so it wasn't that big of a needle mover. No, no, he's not. He's not, period. He's just not. I don't know where, like, that that whole fucking narrative came out of nowhere. Like, Mikey Garcia came back and all of a sudden, well, we got one of the biggest ticket sellers, the biggest draws. It's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? No. Did, did, you, got, did you let Mikey talk you into that? Because <laughs> he, he stopped fighting because he was in a dispute because he thought he was worth more then he was getting paid when he actually wasn't and then came back and took less money right. in his first fight right. for that original contract. So what what happened here? Like where did how did we get to this point? <laughs> how did we get here? He pulled the wool, man. It's the great okie doke, you know. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey man, more power to him. I mean, look, this is the most clever idea you and I have come up with and we haven't made a dime. So <laughs> Uh, he's definitely smarter than us. He's fucking way ahead of us. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And I think he found time to graduate from college and get his criminal justice degree. Can I'm he, just trying to make you feel can better. He, can he cut a straight line in grass and can he twist a fucking wire nut on? Can he, he is Mexican. He probably <laughs> he probably can do both. <laughs> At a much faster pace and for a lot lower rate. <laughs> Fuck. It's, we're, we're fucking we're a thing of the past, man. We're obsolete. Uh, this is all we're good for anymore. Yeah, S- <laughs> filming a snuff boxing podcast. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur with back hair. Who knew it? Yeah. 
Absolutely. God damn it. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. <laughs> um, we will be back uh, a few days after Christmas, and we'll deliver the annual uh, Boxing Rant Awards. Um, then we'll be single-handedly delivering a few of them without a shirt on <laughs> this year. Um Ooh. This this holiday body ain't ready for that, son. <laughs> You're delivering the knockout of the year to Deontay, aren't you? Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, that'll that yeah yeah that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, what what we'll do it? Akin Barak style, rolling up on you. Yeah, <laughs> rolling up on you. Nah, nah. I'm gonna enjoy my holiday vacation before I get back to the daily grind of just making it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe Mikey will, you know, maybe maybe give you a little donation, buddy. Well, I do have a cheap camcorder in the basement I can follow him around with. Oh, that would be innovative. It would be. Our YouTube channel will probably get more views, too. Ask him what his favorite color is. Yep. <laughs> What's his favorite pizza topping? What's your favorite pizza topping? <sighs> At the risk of sounding gay, sausage. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> There's no risking. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say pineapple. No. Definitely sausage. <laughs> and to fuck you up real quick. <laughs> oh, how does one close a show on that note? <sighs> Go for it. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that is good stuff. Well, we wish everybody a happy holidays here on the Boxing Rant Podcast. Uh, we'll be back for our award show, and then uh, you know we'll be dropping some videos throughout the holiday season, and we'll be back uh, in early January to kick off 2020 uh, with new content from the Boxing Rant Podcast. So we appreciate all of you tuning in. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, uh, podcast added cast box anywhere you can find a podcast drop by our website boxingpod.com um, and subscribe to the boxing rant youtube channel we appreciate all of you out there watching the podcast on the boxing rant youtube channel follow us on twitter at vince cummings 81 and at kenny keith jr so until the next episode we appreciate all of you tuning in to the boxing rant podcast muchas gracias everybody 